Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. You know, today we're, we're wrapping up our series called At the Movies. Hope you've enjoyed it. We're just taking uh, modern stories or stories of the day, if you will, and um, using them as Jesus did. Jesus, it'd be a modern day parable. Jesus taught parables. He would take stories of the day to illustrate powerful spiritual biblical truth. And so that's what we feel that this series is about, taking stories of the day or stories of our time and then uh, placing biblical truth there. And it makes it really come alive. And so we hope that you've enjoyed it. Our last installment is today. And I'd love to be bringing it to you, but I'm not. We have a special guest. Well, not really. A, I was going to say not really special, but I'm sorry. I, was, I don't know where that came from. It's my brother, my brother who passed his audible day, Vita. It's a little, little brother jab there, I guess. So I just want to remind you, I'll always have the microphone last. Just a little reminder there. And so they've been up for a week, and so I asked them to share this weekend, uh, keeping in line with our At The Movies series. First service was fantastic. Just want you to open up your heart to receive. And so we're blessed to have our uh, pastor of our sister church in Leon, Guanajuato, Mexico, uh, Arbo de Vida. I, I say it this way, uh, two uh, campuses, um, two countries, one family, and one God. Amen? Amen. So Jeff, come on up. Bring the word. Estoy muy emocionado de estar aquí con ustedes y uh, todo el mensaje va a estar en español. La película va a estar doblada. I'm just telling everybody it's going to be in Spanish today. The movie's going to be dubbed. I uh, hope you don't mind. <laughs> no, we're really excited. Uh, we're really excited to be here. Um, Arbol de Vida is doing really, really well. I mean, God's just really moving and we're just seeing a lot of things uh, happen through through what we've been able to do there. Uh, we just recently went to two services like five weeks ago. Uh, yeah, amen. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot of outreach happening. We've got some projects that I'm excited to uh, fill you in on. Uh, and you'll get to hear from us uh, again in December. We'll be back up. And so uh, we've got one big project in particular that I'm excited to share with you guys. So you'll see that soon. But... Uh, you know, this morning I'm on the clock, so let's take a look at our movie and what we're going to watch this morning. Welcome back to the 1958 World Cup, the greatest sporting event on earth. We are live in Gothenburg, only moments away from the start of the final match of Group 4, Brazil versus the Soviet Union. So much more than just a game for Brazil, and with all their losses in the last decade, the country's spirit has been just crushed. We've even seen some Brazilian fans committing suicide by jumping from the upper tiers of the stadiums. But let's be honest, the Soviets are the reigning Olympic champions, and Brazil... I mean, Brazil should be counting their blessings. They even qualified for the World Cup. Brazilians are the most dangerous stadium filled with Europeans all rooting against them. They don't stand a chance. They're young. They're unorthodox. They got no discipline. And they're mixed race to vote. It's just sad, really. And now, with all the player injuries, they are forced to play a 17-year-old reserve. You almost have to feel sorry for Brazil. Lack of confidence has been a real problem for the Brazilians. And starting a 17-year-old is hardly the answer. In fact, reports from the locker room say that the teenager was sick to his stomach upon learning he would be starting. Not exactly the confidence boost Brazil was hoping for. The 1958 World Cup in 
Sweden. It's Brazil versus the Soviet Union. The World Cup debut for 17-year-old Edson Nascimento, the youngest player ever to play in the tournament. And Yulemi Stadium is absolutely booming. 50,000 streaming fans, millions more tuning in from around the world. In only a few moments, it will be up to this youngster and his South American brothers to keep their nation's hopes and dreams alive. I don't know about you, but I love an underdog story. You guys like an underdog story? right? I mean, I love it when the team or the guy that has never had the edge in life, never had the advantages, the money, the resources, the, the fancy training, he, he somehow beats the odds, defies all the critics and haters, and he becomes the champion, the legend. And I love that. I love to root for that guy. Uh, you know, that team, it, it inspires me. It gives me hope. And it makes me feel that despite my, my flaws, my weaknesses, my issues, that, that yes, I can actually do something great with my life. And I watched this movie, Pele, The Birth of a Legend. Uh, a few months ago, and I really connected with the story. Uh, I've never been a soccer fan, <laughs> and uh, you know, don't tell my guys in Abolivia that I'm not a soccer fan. <laughs> it's hard to be a pastor in Mexico and not be a soccer fan, but, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> but I remember, <clears throat> I remember Pele being an international sports star when I was a kid. And you remember that? I mean, he did a bunch of Pepsi commercials in the late 70s and 80s. You guys remember that? Uh, anybody old enough to remember that? And I, I never knew his story. I just remember his signature move. And he always did that upside down kick. Remember, he would like jump up and it was just crazy. He would kick it while he was upside down. And that was his thing. <clears throat> now, if you don't know who Pele is, he's considered the greatest soccer player who ever played the sport. And to this day, many of his records still stand. He's, he's a legend in the world of soccer. In fact, he, he was a soccer phenomenon. And he was so good that he was drafted to play for Brazil when he was 15 years old, when he uh, started on the Brazilian team. And so if you haven't seen the movie, it's a great family movie. It it highlights some of the challenges he faced growing up and and how he inspired an entire nation by leading his Brazilian team and winning the World Cup in 1958. Now, you need to know something about Brazil Brazil during this time. And uh, soccer was everything. Soccer was their life, their identity. I mean, soccer was, was who Brazil was. And in 1950, <clears throat> they, they hosted their first World Cup tournament. They were uh, highly favored to win the World Cup, World Cup that year. They were unstoppable, unbeatable. And it was their first time hosting the tournament. They had won the bid to, to host the, the World Cup. So they built this humongous soccer stadium that could seat the biggest one, <clears throat> that could seat 200,000 people. And it was like, it was the country's crowning achievement because everything revolved around soccer. And, but Brazil was known for this distinct style of play called the Jinga. And the Jinga was Brazil. It was, it was in their blood. I mean, no one else played like Brazil. It was unique to Brazil. It was the pride of Brazil. And so their first World Cup in their own country, they were set to play a team that had no chance of winning. Uh, and, and it was gonna be a blowout. But Brazil lost. And it was a huge upset. I mean, the country was devastated. People committed suicide. There were people who died of heart attacks right there in the stadium, stadium because of the shock of the loss. And it was a tremendous, a huge embarrassment for Brazil. <clears throat> but all the critics blamed the loss on their style of play, the Jinga. And so for the next several years, they tried to eradicate this identity, this Jinga, this Jinga style, and they tried to be more like all the European teams and adopt the European style of soccer instead of being who they were, Brazil and Jinga. And that is until Pele came on the scene. 
And so fast forward again to 1958, Brazil has a chance to redeem themselves. And, and you, if you heard what the sports broadcasters were saying about the 1958 World Cup and Brazil's chances of winning, they said that Brazil had lost their confidence, uh, their identity, they were young, unorthodox, didn't have any discipline. And to make things worse, they had put all their confidence in this 17-year-old kid, Pele which was his nickname. So Pele comes on the scene when there was this major identity struggle happening not only with Brazil as a nation, but with Pele and his team. They were battling with with their identity, who they were, battling their insecurities, their lack of confidence, trying to live up to others' expectations, coaches, fans, trying to be like uh, the Europeans. And and they found themselves caught in this dangerous trap of comparing themselves with others, with, with the Europeans in particular. And so this internal struggle created conflict within the team, within themselves. And, and they, but they finally realized that trying to be like everyone else, trying to live up to someone else's expectations wasn't gonna work for them, just wasn't gonna work. And when they, when they finally embraced their identity, who they, who they were created to be, they became champions. And Pele became a legend. And I love this story because I think we all struggle with who we are, our, our identity. But man, I gotta tell you, as I look around this room this morning, uh, can I tell you, I see legends in the making. Legends in the making. You believe that this morning? I'm not talking about legends in your own mind. Uh, I'm sure there's some of us here, but uh, but I'm talking about I'm talking about true bona fide legends because legends know. This is what they know. Legends know that great power starts with me just being me, right? I mean, the birth of a legend. That, that's where that's where it starts. So so what does it become, or what does it take to become the legend that God's called us to be? What's the process look like? Uh, uh, because I believe that God, God has called each of us to be legends. Do you believe that? I believe that our starting point, uh, any legend, our starting point, this is, where, this is where it all happens. Our starting point has to always be, first of all, understanding who you are. Understanding who you are. It, it, when we have a re- revelation of who we are, that's when, that's when things happen. I mean, that's, that's when our dreams become reality. That's, that's when I take my eyes off everyone else and I celebrate who I am. In other words, I, I like to look, think of it like this. If I can excel at being me, that's the, stu- that's the stuff legends are made of, Right? And so who we are includes, man, it includes all of our weaknesses, all the flaws, all the qualities that we think disqualify us and are holding us back. And, and I think we can all agree that God, God uses people. There's no doubt in our minds that, oh yeah, woo, God is doing some amazing things in the earth with some amazing people. And thank God he has those people. But the problem we typically have in embracing our identity, who we are, is that, that we doubt that God can use us in any kind of significant way. And, that's, and honestly, that's, that's my struggle. I mean, I battle with that all the time. If I'm being honest with you, this is my struggle. Yeah, I know, I know God can use uh, Craig Rochelle, Stephen Furtick, Chris Hodges. He can use these amazing preachers. He can use these great musicians, talented people. But, but I'm not so sure that God can use me. <laughs> now, when it comes to the big stuff, the important stuff, the cool stuff, I'm probably not the guy for the job. Does anyone else feel that way from time to time? Uh, three, three people. <laughs> Los demás son mentirosos. <laughs> but you know, whether it's ministry, my job, my personal life, that, that's my struggle. I mean, that's me most of the time. I, I, and, and I know you guys think I'm amazing, but <laughs> I'm joking. No, don't do that. <laughs> but, but you know, I sure don't feel that way most of the time. 
And, uh, and here's what I've noticed, and, and I don't know how it is for you, but as soon as I get the courage to take a step towards something greater in my life or something greater for the kingdom, to use my gifts, uh, to get out of my comfort zone, as soon as I talk myself into it, it's amazing how quickly the doubts just start flooding my mind. Are you like that too? I mean, oh man, what am I, what was I thinking? I can't do it. I can't do this. I'm not good. I'm not qualified. I can't be like Stephen Furtick. I'm not that great of a public speaker. And maybe you, maybe you thought, you know, I'm just not a mature enough Christ follower. I'm too young. I'm too old to start now. I I don't have any great talent. I, I still got some things in my life. I need to iron out, you know, maybe, maybe when my life's not such a mess, uh, I might give it a shot. If I wasn't divorced, maybe I could, if I wasn't a single parent, maybe, I'm in or ouch. <laughs> so I tell my guys all the time, I'm in or ouch. And, but I don't know what it is for you, but there's, there's all sorts of reasons in our mind where we doubt that, that we're qualified for God to use us in, in any significant way. I mean, a legend, not me, no way, no manches. <laughs> That's your Spanish lesson for today. The phrase for no way in Spanish is no manches. So everybody, please repeat it. No manches. Say it with attitude, though, like, like, a, like a true Mexican would say, like, no manches. There you go. There you go. So, soy mexicano de corazón, pero mi estómago no. I know you've heard this scripture probably a thousand times, but maybe, maybe this is one of those kind of cliche scriptures for you, but it's, it's really worth repeating. And I, I think too often we read right over this without really understanding the depth of what the scripture says, because if we truly understand it, it'll change our perspective. It'll, it, how we see ourselves. But look what it says in Ephesians 2.10. We've heard it a million times, I know. But for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You are the masterpiece of God, created and designed by God for his glory to use the gifts and the passions that he has given you. And long before you were even born, God knew that he would use you to glorify his name and to make a difference. And long before you were born, he knew that your uniqueness was going to meet a need. It was going to change a life. It was going to influence someone. It was going to inspire someone. It was going to motivate someone. It was going to comfort someone. Your uniqueness uh, was going to make a difference somewhere. And, and the great thing is, it's not conditional. There's no requirements here, good or bad. There's, there's, a, there's a uniqueness about you, talented or not talented, ordinary or, ex, or extraordinary, above average or below average, divorced or married. You, you've all been created to fill a niche that only you can fill and touch, right? And the scripture implies that you literally are a work of art. I mean, that's, that's what a masterpiece is. I mean, in the, in the Greek, that word masterpiece there is the word uh, poema, if you want to know. And, it, and it's where we get our word poem and poetry. And it literally means you were made for something beautiful. You were skillfully and artfully crafted. And I read this article uh, not too long ago where someone asked this artist, uh, you know, tell us what, what's your definition? What, what is art? What is art to you? And I love this. And here's what he said. He said that art is the unique expression of the inner being of its maker, of the artist. So in other words, to truly understand Ephesians 2.10, this is what it means. It, it means that I am the unique expression of the inner being of my creator, the divine artist, God himself. 
I love that, man. That is so rich right there. And, and throughout this entire movie, we find Pele wrestling with this issue as he struggles to be the person that he was created to be. And he knows that, that there's this unique expression of who he is, his identity, the Jinga, that, that is just ready to just burst on the scene. And let's watch the struggle he's facing. Whatever primitive style you played at home, forget it. Here, you learn to master the techniques of the best team in Europe. Oh, 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 oh. That's exactly the kind of monkey business I'm talking about. Ball on the ground. Ball on the ground, boys. Okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, 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 back off, boys, back off. This is the win for the pro team now, for the pro team. And here's the win for the junior team, boys, junior team. And the youth team. Okay, congratulations everyone. Ball come to the club. Now show her up. Come on, here we go. Now the side foot is for accuracy, but for power, use the instep here with the laces out, not the toe, laces out. You see what happens when we play with that primitive style? We lose. Watch how Hungary beats us in the 54 quarterfinal. No showmanship, no beating their mark, they just mastered the formations. Even so soon? Mr. De Brito, what are you doing here? I was going to ask the same of you. I'm no good, Mr. De Brito. I can't play like the other guys. And if I don't go back to school now, I'll end up cleaning toilets. Mm-hmm. And what's wrong with that? Cleaning toilets? No. What's wrong with not playing the way the other guys do? Coach says the way it plays primitive. It is primitive. 
It has a long and rich history. Then why is Coach hated? Well, uh, it all started at the beginning of the 16th century. <laughs> huh? Come on. If you don't want to know, no, I'll No, 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 Mr. Debrito. I do want to know. Please, tell me. Okay. Like I was saying, it was the beginning of the 16th century. The Portuguese arrived in Brazil with African slaves. But the African's will was strong. And many escaped to the jungle to protect themselves. The runaway slaves called upon the Chinga, the foundation of Capoeira, the martial art of war. When slavery was finally abolished, the Capoeiristas came out of the jungle only to find that Capoeira was outlawed throughout the land. They saw football as a perfect way to practice the Jinga without being arrested. It was the ultimate form of Jinga. And before long, the Jinga evolved, adapted, until it was no longer just ours, but the rhythm within all Brazilians. But by the 1950 World Cup, most believed our Jinga style was to blame for the loss and turned against anything associated with our African heritage. And just like your coach has been trying to remove Jinga from your play, We've been trying to remove it from ourselves as a people ever since. But the Jinga's very strong in you, Jiku. So you can either show us what happens when you have the courage to embrace who you truly are. Or you can get on that train and you will never know. So my question for you this morning is, have you been trying to remove the Jinga from your play? Or do you have the courage to embrace who you really are? <clears throat> because the stuff of legends is made from me being me, who God's created me to be. How are legends born? What's the process of becoming a legend? The world says that a legend's all about breaking records, accomplishing these amazing feats of human strength, being some kind of prodigy, the best of the best. But here's what I've learned and what I see so clearly in the scriptures. And it's this, that God uses those who are not sure of their own abilities. He uses the insecure. I mean, how many of you here this morning have insecurities? All right, I mean, we all do. Huh? And, and if you're like me and most other people, you, you have some insecurities. I mean, congratulations, you're a perfect candidate for God to use and even to do something great. <clears throat> and I think about Moses. And when God first called Moses to deliver his, deliver his people, and as soon as God called him, the first thing that Moses did was he right away starts rattling off all of his own personal insecurities. I mean, remember the story? And look what he says in Exodus 4.10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I've never have been and I'm not now. Even though you've spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. 
I mean, God, I'm not your best man because uh, you put me in front of a crowd and, and I'm going to freak out. And I'm not a good public speaker. I say the wrong things. I put my foot in my mouth. I stutter. I'm the last person on the planet that you should be considering for this responsibility. Uh, this is like way over my head, God. And, and the only thing I'm good at is losing my temper and killing people. <laughs> That's what I'm good for. Remember back then? <laughs> and I don't know about you, but... But here's what happens to me every time. God wants to use me, and whenever I take a step in that direction, in the back of my mind, this resume for failure starts to emerge. Ah, I'm not good enough. I don't know, I don't know enough. I'm inexperienced. I can't make a difference. And, and here's the deal. God loves the insecure. And he loves to use the insecure. And honestly, me, most of the time, this is my constant battle. I, I, I feel incredibly underqualified. <laughs> I feel like I'm over my head most of the time. And most of the time, I feel like I, feel like I don't have what it takes, which, which, by the way, makes me an even better candidate for God to use, right? And that's my battle. And the one thing that I've learned about that battle is that it's forced me to put all of my trust and all of my dependence on God. And I've learned to step out and be confident that God will make up the difference. I don't worry about my insecurities because I know God's going to pick up the slack. And he does every, every time he picks up the slack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and even when I had a secular job years ago before ministry, man, I would apply for the most outrageous positions where I was so extremely underqualified. I would. I, I would apply for them and I, and I would get the job. And I knew, I knew it was way over my head, but, but it paid more and I knew that if someone just give me a chance, I could do it. <laughs> Why? Why would I do that? Because what I lacked I trusted God to pick up the slack. I was like, all right, God, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, but I'm applying, so be ready to back me up. I can't do this without you. And God would come through, right? And so, listen, in all of history, God knew that this was the most opportune time for you to be born, the right place for you to, be, for you to live, the right circumstances, good or bad, surrounded by the people you're surrounded by, and with just the right amount of weaknesses and flaws, because it's through our weaknesses and insecurities that his strength is made perfect. We can count on that. We can trust that. Some might even say that, that you're abnormal. And I know some of you, and you are abnormal. <laughs> Which, mean, which means that there's more room for him to work when we put our confidence in him rather than in ourselves because God loves to use the insecure. He loves to use the abnormal. <laughs> and you know the story, Moses, after he lays it all out there, exposes all of his insecurities, God tells Moses, hey, Moses, God, who gave man his mouth? <laughs> now go, go on, Moses, embrace who you are with all your weaknesses, with all your stuff, because I'll help you speak. I'll teach you what to say, but first you have to go. You got to step out. And, and this is the key if you're insecure. <laughs> it, it's you have to step out in order to find out. Does that make sense? Because, man, the, you know, the struggle's real, people. <laughs> hey, check out this clip. Nascimento scored an impressive hat-trick in 20 minutes in the semi-final against France. Coach Rainer, any concern he'll do the same against Sweden in Sunday's final? No, no, that's not possible. No, uh, our boys will eliminate him from the equation. Uh, Coach Fiola. Coach Rainer's offense outsmarted West Germany, Hungary. Do you have any plan to contain them? Well, they can't. <laughs> we will come out strong, score early, and Brazil will panic, just like they did in 1950. They were undisciplined then, and they are undisciplined now. Well, what do you expect? They're abnormal. You're referring to the mixed race. 
No, I mean they are literally abnormal. Can you elaborate? Uh, well, yes, in fact, I can. <laughs> Dujalma Santos, fall back. He mangled his hand in an accident while working in a factory as a teenager. The right winger, Corincha, formed with a deformed spine and one leg shorter than the other. The uh, reserve, Castillo, he's colorblind and missing a finger. Challenging for a goalkeeper, I imagine. <laughs> press conference. Everyone here is really down about it. But this is exactly what happened in the 50. You can't let the doubt get you. I heard the guys are calling you Pelé now. Yeah, Jose started it. It's silly. <laughs> this is a sign. Now is the time for Pelé. You have to take a step of faith and believe that God will meet you there. And, he, and even though you don't believe in yourself, even though you have all these flaws and insecurities, even though uh, you might be abnormal, God says, I believe in you. And I can make a difference if you'll step out and go and find out. And I love what his dad says, now is the time for Pele. <laughs> I love that. And now is the time for, for Pat. Now is the time for Don. Now is the time for Eric. Right? I mean, God uses the insecure. And, and, but here's the dangerous thing about insecurity if we're not trusting God to pick up the slack. If we can't trust God to pick up the slack, here, here's, here's what's dangerous about insecurity. It, it can easily lead us into this trap of comparison. And, and we, can't, we can't go down that road. We have to, we have to embrace who we are and, and, and have the trust and confidence that, man, you know, God's going to pick up the slack. He's going to do it. Because if we don't, we'll end up going down this other road in, into this uh, comparison trap. We have to avoid the comparison trap. Uh, why can't I be like him? Why can't I do things like they do? I, I need to have money like they do. I, I need to be more like this person. If I only had this, I could do it. If, I, if we play like them, then we'll win. Comparing ourselves to others is the fastest way to confusion, frustration, lack of vision, lack of confidence, and, and in, in the end, we end up losing anyway, all right? I mean, I can't be Stephen Furtick as much as I would like to preach like he does, and I can't be like him. It just it doesn't work for me. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive to improve ourselves. I'm saying that if our goal is to be somebody else, that's the quickest way to failure, and it breeds discontentment envy, confusion, and it just makes us miserable people, right? Because we're always disappointed in ourselves. But freedom is found in embracing who you are. And I love the scripture in the Message Bible translation in Galatians chapter six, verses four and five. And it says, it says this, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Here's the thing, man. Comparison destroys the very things God has designed to set you apart that make you unique and valuable. Comparing yourself diminishes your uniqueness. It robs us of the ability to, tr to truly enjoy life and to enjoy the game. And really, it really, comparing yourself just messes with your head. In this next clip, one of Pele's teammates fakes an injury, so they'll put Pele in, in, in the lineup. And his teammate is starting to realize that trying to be like someone else isn't gonna bring him fulfillment or confidence or make him a winner. And listen, listen to this next clip.
can't play like you. If your leg is better, you should go back in. It's not my leg. My head is not right. Your head? My whole life. All I ever wanted was to be European. Since we've got here, I've, I've realized that I'm Brazilian. And always will be. That day back in Baru, we showed everyone that that part of us, the Jinga, was beautiful. That's what we need now. The World Cup semi-final. France and Brazil neck and neck at the start of the second half. Today's winner will advance to Sunday's final, where they will likely face Sweden. France, of course, favoured over Brazil, the only team from outside Europe still in competition. does it take to become the legend that God's called us to be? What's the process look like? We have, to, we have to understand and embrace who we are. We need to be okay with our insecurities and flaws and trust that God will make up the difference, that he'll cover our shortfalls, and we step out and we find out. Don't get stuck uh, in the comparison trap. And finally, what legends understand is that, that, that they can't become a legend without a team behind them, right? I mean, without a support structure. You can't go it alone. A true legend needs a team, right? Because when you put all those insecurities together on the same team, you realize that you really don't have any weaknesses and it's not just you trying to do it all. Now that, there's you and, and what you bring to the table. There's God, he's picking up the slack. And then there's your team, your support structure. They, they bring even more to the table and it's, it's a winning combination. And I find it interesting that even Jesus believed in the power of team. He believed in this idea of working together and being part of a team. He believed in it so much that he sent his disciples out in teams. And they weren't, they weren't confronting the enemy without backup. I mean, that's, that's how he designed it. I mean, listen, you can't do life without backup. You, you need backup if you plan on outsmarting your opponent. You need backup if you're heading into the uh, minefield. You need backup when the other team looks like they could just plow you over, right? 
And I love the Message Bible translation of Mark, chapter six, verse seven. It says this, Jesus called the 12 to him and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority and power to deal with the evil opposition. Love that, power to deal with the evil opposition. I mean, that's what I need. (laughs) You guys need that? Power to deal with the evil opposition. There's power in having a strong team, a strong bench. There's power in team. And those times that you fall flat on your face, those times that life gets the best of you that day, those times that you get injured on the field, that's where your team steps up and steps in and they carry you off the field. They fix you up. They, they're right there beside you. They're cheering you on, encouraging you, helping you get back out there on the field. And you do the same for them. They need you and you need them. I mean, that's what Ecclesiastes 4 tells us. It says this, two people are better off than one for, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Who's your team? I mean, who's your team? You can't play this game of life without a team. You can't do it alone. Who have, who have you inspired lately? Who has inspired you? Because we need that. We need that. Let's watch this next clip. But Sweden's going to be all over me, bye. And did you see what they did to Fritz Walter? They're brutal and smart. You believed in yourself against friends. Now you must inspire your team to believe in themselves. In Brazil, in the Jinga. Hey, lighthouse, no bounce. Come on, kids. Time to wake up. Take a seat. Have some breakfast. You won't be able to do it alone. You know we can do this. It's not that hard. It might be possible. Why? Zito, come on. Why not? Dama, I see you dizzy. Come on, who's here? <laughs> hey, where's the bubble? Come on, guys. The lighthouse. Keep me up, the No
I, I'm sorry, sir. Wake up, kid! To the lighthouse! <laughs> Tomorrow, you will play for the Jewish Remake Trophy. And if you play the way you played this last week, you will lose. And it will be my fault. The truth is that shifting formations may work miracles for Sweden, but it is not us. What I saw at the hotel today, that's how we play. <laughs> they say that we don't all play the same. It's true. We certainly don't all look the same, like they do. <laughs> but that's what makes us who we are. We have one thing in common. La jinga. The joy and the expression of Brazil. So when you take the field tomorrow, forget everything that I told you this last week. I don't want the world to see a bunch of scared Brazilians trying to play like Sweden. I want them to see Brazil, just as we are. I don't know if we will win. But I do know that we will show them a beautiful game. What are you all sitting around for? I did not say that practice was coming! We don't all play the same. We don't, we don't have to play like someone else. There's uniqueness about you that was given to only you. The jinga, the joy and expression of our Heavenly Father. And it's what makes this game, the game of life, a beautiful game. Show them a beautiful game. 
And there's power in being you. There's power in being part of a team. And who's your team? I mean, who, who's inspiring you? Who are you inspiring? If you don't have a team, there's a lot of people in this place that have room for one more on their team. You got community groups, small groups. I mean, that's, that's why they're so important. And I've always heard this phrase and often thought, well, that doesn't make any sense. And you probably heard it too, but it's, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game, right? We all heard that. And, and I think there's a lot of truth in that statement. And if we stop trying to play like someone else, if we embrace who we are, if we truly embrace the unique expression of our Heavenly Father in us, we will play a beautiful game. We will show the world a beautiful game, right? That's what we want. And because how, we, how you play determines if life's going to be a beautiful game or if it will just beat the snot out of you and turn you into a miserable, jaded, cynical, defeated, hopeless, alone individual. Embrace who you are. Trust God to meet you where you're, where you're at and trust that he's going to make up the difference. Don't let doubt and insecurity talk you out of being all that God has called you to be because you have the jinga to become the legend that God says that you are. Do you believe that this morning? Man, you don't, have to come, you don't have to be anyone else to do something great in life and for the kingdom. You're not disqualified, you're not insignificant, and you have something to offer that the rest of us need. You are a niche creation, flaws and all. And what's the challenge for you? What's the challenge for you today, this morning? And it's this, don't be disappointed in who you are. Don't feel like you got dealt the bad hand in life. Don't play the victim. Don't get sucked into the comparison trap. Don't base your, your worth and value on, on who you're not. Don't let the standard for greatness and significance in life be someone else. Let it be you and in who God created you to be. Amen? Be part of a team where your strengths are exactly what others need and their strengths are exactly what you need. Let who you are inspire others. Let them inspire you and show them a beautiful game. So let's pray. You know, we're going to end, end this morning in prayer. And so, you know, bow your heads, close your eyes, and maybe you're here this morning. And you spent, I don't, I don't know, maybe you, you spent your whole life comparing yourself to others. You've let yourself believe that the standard for greatness and significance, significance in life is what someone else is doing, what someone else has. Maybe you've already disqualified yourself and already accepted your life as less than everyone else that you couldn't possibly have anything better. I don't, I don't know where you are. But man, I, I gotta tell you, if that's you, you are the perfect candidate for legend material. Because <laughs> God wants to do something amazing in you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.